Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy, episode number 90. At the time of this recording, Bitcoins are trading at $1,171 each. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Now that's gravy. Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy, and thanks for joining me as I podcast from Nashville, Tennessee, the Bitcoin blockchain epicenter of the South. I'm your host, John Barrett, here each week with my trusty dog, Maxwell, right by my side. Say hello, Maxwell. (laughs) We're two Bitcoin fanatics who love talking with people about Bitcoin and sharing what we learn with you, the listener. Longtime listeners, thank you once again for supporting the show with your tips. And new listeners, welcome to the show. We hope you enjoy it. On today's show, I am privileged to be speaking with Landon Thomas, the vice president of Bitcoin Depot, the second largest Bitcoin ATM company in the U.S. Bitcoin Depot is now actively looking for prime locations in the Nashville area where brand new state-of-the-art Bitcoin Depot ATMs will be installed. Listeners, today is a great day for Nashville because I have here with me live in the Treehouse Studio Landon Thomas with Bitcoin Depot. Landon is traveling through Nashville this week in search of prime locations for Bitcoin Depot ATM machines. Landon, welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy. Thank you, John. I'm happy to be here. Yes, sir. Great to have you. So it's very exciting to me because I know that there are other cities that have dozens and dozens of Bitcoin ATMs, and Nashville, I think, is a little bit behind. But before we jump in, if you would, please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, just a brief background and how you came to be going around vending Bitcoin ATM machines. Yeah, absolutely. So I really got started in the Bitcoin industry probably probably a year ago and then I started taking things more seriously about nine months ago so my friend who is actually a close uh, friend from high school and you know we stayed in touch in college we actually both went to UGA Mm -hmm. he uh, began his business back in 2013 Um, he was originally doing cash to crypto.com And now we're progressing to Bitcoin Depot, which is it's two companies, essentially cash to crypto is, mm-hmm. you know, only website. It's online. Uh, people do the transaction and purchase Bitcoin online. OK. And now we are progressing in the past, you know, I believe nine months we've been progressing to Bitcoin Depot, trying to kind of transition our company from cash to crypto to more of a focus on bitcoin depot now bitcoin depot only handles the atm side cash okay. to crypto is you know online purchases with bank accounts so okay. someone would you know make a cash deposit 
and then upload the pictures that we require and mm -hmm. you know then we'd send the bitcoin to the wallet address but i see a little bit more about me so uh i got hired about nine months ago i was originally doing customer service online uh, mm -hmm. for cash crypto like i mentioned mm -hmm. i was in uh you know college at uga mm -hmm. i uh graduated with a finance degree mm, and nice. uh you know i graduated in december and now here i am you know Man. three months <laughs> later looking for bitcoin atm locations nice that's great you know that listeners that shows that there are so many different ways that you can be involved in the bitcoin world you don't have to be a tech guy sitting there in your underwear writing code you know you can actually be out and about and uh, spreading the word and doing what landon here is doing so let's see now your company is bitcoin depot the bitcoin atm company now where are you guys out of so we're based out of atlanta you know that's where our majority of our atms are located okay we have some in marietta hmm. roswell stockbridge you hmm. know union city so pretty much just around the 285 perimeter um, inside of it a lot as well. Okay. Uh, we're also located in Florida. We're in Miami, hmm. Jacksonville, Orlando. We're in Alabama. We're in Birmingham. Nice. We're in Texas, in Dallas, and Fort Worth. And we're also in Massachusetts and Boston. Okay, wow. Yeah, before you said Massachusetts and Boston, it sounded like you were really covering Bitcoin ATMs in the South, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, so we're really looking around the Southeast at the moment, hence why I'm in Nashville, Tennessee right now. There's only, I believe, two ATMs in Nashville, mm -hmm. and there's a great demand for Bitcoin and Bitcoin ATMs. So we figured it'd be a great market to jump into. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I didn't know if you wanted me to mention that or not, but so I was looking on local Bitcoin about five days ago and it mentioned that there's a Bitcoin ATM at a little place up on Gallatin Road and Gallatin Road is funny because it's new businesses and old businesses and crappy businesses all I can <laughs> recommend to people is that you go and meet some of the colorful locals that have businesses there very interesting not quite what you think but um, you'll be pleasantly surprised but I had found this location and I drove over there and the guy was Middle Eastern. I asked him, I said, hey, do you guys have a Bitcoin ATM in here? I heard that online. He said, oh, right back there. I went back there and there's the Bitcoin ATM. I called my friend Connie in from the truck and I didn't have any cash. So she gave me a dollar and I bought a dollar's worth of Bitcoin there. And, you know, I was thinking about Bitcoin ATMs and wondering if there were other ones around town. It looked like there was one other one somewhere on the map, not too far from here, maybe 10 miles from here. And then I got an email from you. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, this is fortuitous. This is interesting that this is happening just two days after I saw the first Bitcoin ATM I'd ever seen in Nashville. And, you know, I'll tell you, the first time I saw a Bitcoin ATM was, I think, I want to say three years ago at the Texas Bitcoin Conference in Austin, Texas. And they had it in a gun shop downtown Austin, but they brought it over for the day to the conference and... <laughs> Wow. You know, at that time, I had a podcast partner, Lidge Shaw, who owns the Toy Box Studio here in town. Great guy mm -hmm. doing his own recording studio podcast right now. But anyway, we had joked on the show about how this ATM wanted everything from us as far as KYC. And listeners, if you don't know what KYC is, that's know your customer. And that's important for a lot of different businesses to fulfill their requirements to meet federal regulations as far as whether you can be a money transmitter or what have you. There are all kinds of regulations depending on what you're doing in the cryptocurrency space, whether you're an exchange mm -hmm. or you have ATM machines or what have you. But you know, we joked about how this machine there in Austin, they wanted you know a sample of our toenail and they wanted a retinal scan. 
scan and they wanted our birth certificate and the name of our firstborn and all of this. And at that time, that KYC, in order to purchase a little bit of Bitcoin, seemed to us, it seemed a little bit excessive. So when Connie and I walked up to this Bitcoin ATM, I was surprised to learn that all it wanted was my cell phone number. And then it sent a message to my cell phone. And that was my way of being able to access the machine. That cell phone does tie you to an identity. And in a sense, that is the KYC requirement being met. Is that right? You know, essentially. So to what you were saying, you know, we don't require toenail clippings. We require hair <laughs> samples. Um, you do require hair samples? No, oh, you don't. Okay, no, sorry. <laughs> just, just joking. So right. <laughs> um, we essentially have two different limits at our machine. You know, okay. there's one limit from one, one dollar, or actually, uh, our minimum transaction changed, I believe, two days ago. Okay. So we have one limit from twenty dollars to one thousand. Okay. Okay. And that would essentially be the lower limit, and then we have the second limit from one thousand one dollars to three thousand dollars. Okay. Now the KYC is a little bit different, and the reason why I don't have any trouble explaining this, you know, because if you go to our ATM and you know you do a transaction, you will see how our KYC works. I see. So it's not like anything I'm saying to you is, you know, essentially private or Right. Yeah, cuz I mean, you, when you go to our machine, you have to, you know, give us some information. Mm -hmm. So the first thing we require is, you know, you go up to our machine and you'll click buy Bitcoin and once you hit buy Bitcoin, it'll essentially ask you for your phone number like you mentioned. Okay. So someone will dial in their phone number and then mm -hmm. we send a SMS verification. And mm -hmm. this is for the one or the $20 to $1,000 limit. Okay. So we require, you know, like I said, the phone number, they send the SMS verification. And mm -hmm. then once they send the SMS verification, they'll type it in and then they're good to go for that first limit. Okay. With the second limit, the 1,001 to 3,000, we require the phone number, the SMS verification, and then we also require the customer to scan the back part of their ID. Okay. Now, once they scan the back part of their ID, they will, obviously be allowed to purchase Bitcoin. Okay, nice. Now, can someone stand there at your ATM machine and go that first tier route and just purchase 999 and then come right back 999? They could do that all day if they wanted to, theoretically. Our KYC is, you know, made so that, you know, someone can't just do 999, 999. For example, um, we have a limit of 3,000 US dollars per day per okay. customer. So got it you know, they couldn't just keep on doing $999, you know, mm -hmm. back to back to back. They've got to stand around until midnight and start again, <laughs> right? <laughs> Essentially. Okay, nice, man. Okay, so now you are looking for sites that have good foot traffic, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And also that, as you mentioned to me on the phone, that keep certain hours, the longer hours, I think, are the better is what you all have found. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So can you give me an example of some of the types of businesses where you're putting ATMs, some of the ones that have done better for you than other ones? Yeah, so uh, we're really looking for convenience stores, gas stations, smoke shops, really anything that you know, is going to be open early in the morning and then, you know, typically has hours that are later at night, whether that be, you know, we want 24 hour locations, but, you know, if they're open till 12 a.m. or, you know, even 10 p.m., that would be a good location as long as, you know, 8 a.m. to 10 p.m., that would be good. But like I mentioned, we're looking for 24 hour locations. Um, mm -hmm. We're mainly based in 
gas stations and convenience stores those are our two primary locations just because you know there's a lot of foot traffic typically around there we try mm-hmm. to target gas stations right off the highway mm-hmm. you know interstate so that you know it'll be easier for customers to travel to that because we want it to be convenience for our customers because you know everything's about convenience nowadays if somebody yes. has to travel you know five miles into the middle of nowhere typically they're not going to do that when you could go you know a mile right next to the highway, get off the exit, and there's your Bitcoin ATM. Now, there's always exceptions to that Mm -hmm. general rule, but we're also open to different locations. Like we have smoke shops, we have vape shops. Mm. Um, We're really open to anything. It's more about the placement of the location, Mm -hmm. the proximity, and also the hours. So it doesn't necessarily need to be a convenience store gas station, but mm-hmm. it is pretty strict on the hours. So we need something that's open in the morning and then open late at night. So okay. that's about the only thing that's pretty much set in stone. Okay. And it seems to me, I mean, I've been in the Bitcoin world since 2011. And, <laughs> you know, whenever we've had females show up to our Bitcoin meetup, we're all very excited because we like females. <laughs> and we like males too as friends, but we particularly excited when we see a female because it doesn't happen very often. And uh, we're all, I think, optimistic that, gosh darn it, maybe this could be my Bitcoin girlfriend. <laughs> all, all of us who are single anyway, but yeah. it's pretty pathetic. But anyway, my point is that there are not many women in the Bitcoin world. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some who have done very well for themselves, some women, and uh, very successful, very intelligent. And there are some women in the Bitcoin sphere, of course, who are movers and shakers and who are influencers and who have done some great things for the Bitcoin space. But overall, it is men. And uh, the tech world seems also to be dominated by men uh, in many ways or has been. I think that could change over time. But it sounds to me like some of these locations would be places where men would be more likely to go than women. A smoke shop, for instance, a vape shop, more men are going to go there than women uh, late night off the freeway. 24-hour gas stations, which, you know, we all travel and we all have to stop at those places. And But it just seems like it is kind of you're looking toward that demographic of uh, more men than women. Is that right? Um, no, not necessarily. Wait a uh, minute. I'm wrong. This could be a first. <laughs> I'm joking. Continue, please. So there's not really any demographic we're targeting. The reasons why we're doing those gas stations and everything is just because it's busy areas. It's yes. foot traffic. You know, mm-hmm. there's just as many females and males in that area. We're just trying to target areas that are specific to what we're looking for. Like I said, we have females and males purchase from us all the time. So nice. You know, one thing that they do have in common, whether it's a 17 year old black man or a 55 year old white woman, uh, they do share one thing in common. They have the curious mind. I finally, at this ripe old age that I'm at, I finally figured it out. I think that All of humanity can be divided into two categories. There is the curious human being, and there is the human being that is not so curious. Now, those not so curious human beings, they can be doctors and they can be physicists and astronomers and all of that. But generally, they're just not as curious as the curious people. The curious Mm -hmm. people can be bums. The curious people can be anything. Any of these people in the two categories can have any profession. But what separates the curious people from the not as curious people is that they 
experiment more with life. They hear about something, they dive into it, they look into it, they research it, they start asking questions, and they are genuinely, it's almost innately in them that that curious part of their brain takes off, and they say, I have got to know more about this. The non-curious brain, they can hear about Bitcoin for a week, for a month, they can hear about the technology, they can see that it went from $33 up to Mm $1,233, and still, if they don't have the curious brain, they're going to continue to make excuses for why they think there's something weird about it or nefarious or scary about it. The curious brain is potentially a less fearful brain. Mm -hmm. Thank you and good night. (laughs) Okay, so let's keep moving here. Let's see here. This is from your website. Uh Uh, Host a Bitcoin ATM. Support Bitcoin locally. It says, having a local Bitcoin ATM greatly improves Bitcoin adoption in a local community. Many locations find nearby businesses that start accepting Bitcoin for their goods and services. Some even accept Bitcoin themselves. So with this in mind, I know of a few locations here in East Nashville where there are all these mom and pop shops and I've already primed the people by speaking with them about Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Sadly, some of those owners do not have the curious mind. (laughs) A few of them do have the curious mind, which is very exciting. But I thought, gosh darn it, wouldn't it be great to have one of these Bitcoin ATMs somewhere right here near the Five Points area in East Nashville, which is the busiest. It's like the little hub. And by the way, Five Points just refers to five streets that intersect. And so way back in time, the Tennesseans decided to be ultra creative and say, let's call this Five Points. (laughs) But anyway, so it would be great to have a Bitcoin Depot ATM in this Five Points area because there are so many mom and pop shops that I'm talking to. I think it would be a great catalyst to getting these merchants to want to accept Bitcoin payments in their shops right now. And again, they're a little bit hesitant. Let me add to that. I am having a very difficult time getting in touch with some kind of tech support that will help vendors understand how they can work with, let's say, Coinbase or BitPay and their existing point-of-sale systems, Square or what have you. I have tried to contact Coinbase about it, and I'm getting nothing. I actually did get a little email back from someone at Coinbase that you know basically was the same as saying, you're on your own, kid. I heard nothing back in my many communication attempts with BitPay. I've heard nothing back at all. Um, I even sent an email to Tony Gallippi, who I used to know and who I interviewed once for the show. He was the founder, the initial owner, I believe, of uh, BitPay. And I'm not sure what capacity he works with BitPay now or if he still does at all. But anyway, my point is that I'm not getting any support in helping set up vendors and helping set up retailers to accept Bitcoin. Do you have any suggestions? So that really goes back to the curious and non-curious brain. Hmm. Now, these owners of the stores, they don't know much about Bitcoin at all. They don't want to know about Bitcoin or they're just, like you mentioned, not curious enough to learn about it. Mm -hmm. You know, people don't understand that, you know, in three years or however long it's going to be, blockchain is going to take over. That's right. Everything's going to be on the blockchain. That's right. Whatever blockchain it is. Mm -hmm. We are moving to that because that's the most efficient way to do transactions. It's... It's just a no-brainer. Yep. Now, these shops, you know, they don't know anything about Bitcoin. And, you know, they're just set to where they think that cash and credit cards. And I'm sure even when credit cards first came out, they weren't even accepting of that. So mm-hmm. 
the problem is just really trying to find owners that are more in touch with Bitcoin and, you know, kind of on the Bitcoin train. So it's it's very hard to, you know, try to tell these owners and, uh, you know, storefronts about Bitcoin and trying to teach them about how to accept Bitcoin as a purchasing system. Mm -hmm. It's essentially they just don't want to listen. So um, it's incredibly difficult. Yeah, Yeah. it's incredibly difficult. But it's doable. It's doable. Yeah, absolutely. You just like I said, you have to find the right person. Um, Mm -hmm. You got to find that curious brain. Mm -hmm. I wish I was more curious back in 2012 because, you know, I'd be uh, out in California relaxing uh, if, you know, I had that curious brain back then. I hear you, man. You know, I had the curious brain back then. I was born with it. I'm, I'm very, very much like Curious George. The only problem is that I also have the dumb, dumb part of Curious George because he really is just a monkey. He'll do things <laughs> like eat a piece of puzzle, right? Then you have to take him to the hospital and you can see it in the x-ray. But yep. I know everyone who read that book as a child is thoroughly delighted that I know that <laughs> proves my literary prowess. But yeah, that's my problem sometimes is I'm just I'm just dumb. So I can take you back to when Bitcoin was at $3 and I told myself, you know what? I'm going to go down to where I've gotten loans before. I know the guy locally, small loans. I get the small loan, $3,000, $5,000 and I pay it off in 6 months or a year, what have you, at a high interest rate of course, but I was thinking about going down to World Finance and talk to Fred and say, "Hey, I need a $3,000 loan. Fred would say, no problem. I'd come back, buy a thousand bitcoins with that $3,000 and see how it went. And for some reason, some part of my brain said, that's three grand. You'll be paying the 180 bucks a month like you've done before on that loan every month. And if it doesn't do anything or if it crashes, you'll be out that money. Some part of my brain said, don't do it, Mm -hmm. right? So yes, a thousand bitcoins today would be something I would be very, very happy to own. <laughs> I own some, but uh, not enough to allow me to retire uh-huh. or even take a nice vacation, which is sad. <laughs> but anyway, so there are some things that you guys offer for for businesses that decide that they want to include the Bitcoin Depot ATM in their store. You all are compensating retailers. Is that right? Yeah, that is right. We also have a referral program, which you know I'd like to mention to all of our listeners. Pause like, right there. Hey, guys, put all of your tension right now on the podcast because this <laughs> is important. This is an incentive program that can put some nice cash in your pocket. Okay, Landon, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. And even the viewers that are outside of Nashville, it's not just strictly Nashville. It's really any large city or any area that has a good size population. If you can get us in touch with the owners of that location, um, we'll actually pay you $300 per location. Mm. So, I mean, you know, it's a pretty good amount of money just to put us in contact with the owners and, you know, have the owners verbally commit to, you know, saying, I want a Bitcoin ATM in our store. This episode of Bitcoins and Gravy is brought to you by our good friends at MoonshineBootWax.com. Made by hand in small batches right here in East Nashville, Tennessee, Moonshine Cowboy Boot Wax is the original, all-natural, non-toxic boot wax with a scent of orange. Moonshine Cowboy Boot Wax is a proprietary blend of American beeswax and other fine, all-natural ingredients. It's specially formulated to feed and protect your leather while also offering an excellent, long-lasting shine. 
Whether it's your cowboy boots, your expensive wing tips, or your wife's favorite pumps, Moonshine Boot Wax is a must-have for gentlemen who care about their appearance. Moonshine Boot Wax is proud to partner with Community Food Advocates, a nonprofit organization working to end hunger by creating a healthy, just, and sustainable food system. Together with Community Food Advocates, Moonshine Cowboy Boot Wax is making a positive difference in the Nashville community, one shine at a time. You can buy your very own four ounce tin today by going to moonshinebootwax.com. And best of all, you can pay using Bitcoin. So it'd be great if you're located anywhere in the United States, whether that be California, um, way up north, way down south, in the Midwest, anywhere. Hmm. So as long as, you know, you're in a pretty large city, you know, a pretty good population, a lot of traffic, we're looking for areas like that right now. Okay, now what if the vendor themselves or the retailer themselves comes to you and says, I would like it in my store, can they get the $300 themselves? Uh, They'd have to send their kid brother. Yeah. Just send their kid brother. Over. Yeah, exactly. They would essentially need some somebody referring it to them, you know, okay. if it was... Uh, a son or a brother anybody yeah i guess they would you know receive that referral uh, right. fee but not a problem there in one way or another okay and also you talk about the bitcoin depot atms as a way for retailers to increase their foot traffic tell us a little bit about that and uh, how are you incentivizing some of these potential retailers yeah so we are advertising online um you know whether that be uh, local Bitcoin, Coin ATM Radar, Google AdSense, you know, mm -hmm. we're using the best to our marketing ability to get out word that, you know, there is a Bitcoin ATM in Atlanta, Georgia at this location, or there's a new Bitcoin ATM that just got placed in Florida. You know, we want to market our ATMs so that, you know, people are more familiar with that location. So if it's a Chevron gas station, for example, mm -hmm. we say, hey, we got a new Chevron gas station. You know, we're advertising all over the Internet. We're sending out, you know, text, uh, emails to every single one of our subscribers, you know, mm -hmm. just letting them become informed about that machine. Now, you know, someone's going to see that machine be like, hey, I've never been to a Bitcoin ATM. I want to go there. So they will essentially walk down, increase the foot traffic to that store, you know, use that machine. So, mm. um, you know, we're a lot of the advertising and marketing, you know, helps people become more familiar with the location, which obviously is going to drive customers into the store mm -hmm. and increase their foot traffic. Okay, nice, man. That's great. So, you know, what I'm wondering is about restaurants and bars. Right now in Nashville, as far as I know, there's only one business, <laughs> you know, that is publicly accepting Bitcoin mm -hmm. for payment, and that is Flight, F-L-Y-T-E. Scott Sears is one of the owners who started accepting Bitcoins, uh, I think, Two years ago, I think they call it fine dining and world wine or something like that. So it's not a business that's hugely accessible to uh, the masses because their price point's a little higher for their entrees and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But I would love to see another restaurant or another bar, some busy place that's open late, have a Bitcoin ATM in there. And maybe that would you know, encourage them, of course, to accept Bitcoin payments or encourage other uh, local businesses to consider putting in a Bitcoin ATM or consider accepting Bitcoin payments. 
Yeah, that's interesting. I actually have never heard of a restaurant accepting Bitcoin as a way of payment. You know, yeah, it's uh, interesting to you know hear that, and I'm curious of how it works. Maybe how many confirmations does that business accept? Um, you know, like do they accept payment on zero confirmations or? You know how many confirmations do they require from their customers when they send it over because you know what if you you know finish your bill and mm -hmm. you send them bitcoin and you know you've seen the blockchain you know take a 30 minutes or oh, yeah. the transaction fees aren't high enough or the network's too busy mm -hmm. you know that can exceed you know up to an hour sometimes yeah. so it's like are you going to accept the payment and you know then have the customer wait around for an hour or so i'm just it's interesting to me i'm not trying to you know discourage bitcoin mm -hmm. by any means i'm just curious of how that business does it you know we send out the uh, bitcoin at zero confirmation so you know when someone goes to our atm inserts cash and then you know essentially hits done mm -hmm. you know the bitcoin is instantly sent to their wallet mm -hmm. so it's just interesting to me i wonder what they do and what their policies are behind that if i recall we did a show on that and i actually did the bitcoin transaction from my phone to his i think scott sears had a phablet there mm -hmm. a couple of things you know there's a learning curve for employees it's not easy in a restaurant to say to all of your employees oh by the way what i'm going to add to your plate is that you have to be able to figure <laughs> out how to use this tablet or this phone app and accept Bitcoin payments. It's actually very easy. I really believe that I could teach any relatively intelligent person how to do that in five or 10 minutes. I don't think it'd be, be that difficult. And then just do it by road after that. So the other thing is that there's this big block size debate and it's a legitimate debate and I understand both sides. Both sides are a little bit right. Both sides are a little bit wrong. Uh, I don't think it's as pressing as some people think it is. It really depends on what your interest is moving forward and what you hope Bitcoin's going to accomplish or can accomplish. I think Roger Ver sees things differently uh, than some other people and that's okay. He wants Bitcoin to be adopted and he wants it to be used as a currency in his one of his objectives is to see how it disrupts the banking system. And I think we're going to see some of that for sure. But so that uh, if I'm going in and buying a coffee, you know, and it's $3, if I'm the merchant, do I really care that much if I see that confirmation? Well, no, I don't personally. I want to see the transaction. I want to see that person push send. I want to see that it's on their phone showing that it's sent. Do I need to see a confirmation for $3? No. Mm -hmm. um, $150 meal, considering that I would maybe only have one or two or five or 10 customers coming into the restaurant paying in Bitcoin per year, mm -hmm. you know, in a place like Nashville. Do I need to see it? Not really. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's going to keep them around, I certainly don't want to do that. So, you know, those are legitimate points of concern. Certainly, and I think that those things are going to be solved by tech that's coming. I think that's going to be two years from now. I think that's going to be completely a non-issue. Um, and it may be done by way of SegWit and other things stacked on top of Bitcoin, or it may be done using Litecoin. It may be done using sidechains, Lightning Network. I have no idea mm -hmm. how it's going to be done, but I do believe that it's going to be done and it's going to be done using Bitcoin and the Bitcoin blockchain. Why? Because the Bitcoin blockchain is by far the most secure blockchain in the world. Yep. And Bitcoin has the first mover's advantage and the other currencies that are vying for being the digital currency of the world, uh, whether 
it's Monero or Dash or Zcash or whatever, you know, one of them is probably going to do better than the other ones. I won't say which one I think, but it's also <laughs> it's also very possible that those three will be replaced by three others trying and uh -huh. three others trying. And throughout this whole process, as the years tick by, we will see the same thing happening that's happening right now. And that is increased Bitcoin adoption mm -hmm. that is exhibiting what looks very much like an exponential growth curve. Yeah. I mean, the Bitcoin blockchain, it, like you mentioned, it is the most secure. Uh, mm -hmm. It's the largest. They're the first ones to adopt it, essentially. Right. So I don't think the Bitcoin blockchain is going anywhere. With a new blockchain, you open up yourself to more attacks and it's just not secure. So I don't know what you know these private companies might do but it just doesn't make sense to me why you wouldn't accept the bitcoin blockchain i know yep. you mentioned all those other currencies and you know other currencies they get attacked and mm -hmm. you know they're not secure like the blockchain so those attacks actually do go through mm -hmm. so it just it it doesn't make sense to me why you know everybody hasn't already accepted the bitcoin blockchain but mm -hmm. you know people will always try to do something different when you know there's something already there that's working and that's it's right. in place but you know there's innovators out there that try to make it their own and try to start their own thing which is great you know i think in this aspect i think that adopting the bitcoin blockchain would absolutely be the best option and the most liable option as well yeah, I think so. You know, I think a lot of reasons that people, you know, consortiums, banks and R3 and whatnot, they're not interested in Bitcoin off the bat is because it is a public blockchain and mm -hmm. because of the nature of what that means, uh, as opposed to the legacy banking that we've seen, which, of course, is shadow banking. And no, you cannot see what's going on in here. <laughs> and No, you cannot even you're never going to have a chance to meet the guy behind the curtain yeah. and you're never really going to know what's happening with your money. And that's more and more true until we bring back Glass-Steagall or have something like that yep. for banking regulations. But as far as the blockchain, yeah, R3 may have found the consortium led by the gorgeous and incredibly sexy and titillatingly desirable Blythe Masters. <laughs> Blythe, if you're out there, please join me for a candlelit dinner sometime and <laughs> I will be a gentleman, I promise. Um, so... I think they found that, first of all, the blockchain, the public nature of it was scary mm -hmm. and because it goes against what they're used to, complete privacy and the shadow banking. But yeah, I think also they couldn't figure out how to use it. I think they spent 59 whatever million dollars trying to figure out how they could use blockchain tech generally. And I think what they discovered, um, I have not met with them and spoken with them, but I think what they discovered was, yes, we can have this interbanking, these interbanking blockchains and these blockchains that will work for us. We now know we can do that and they're going to do that mm -hmm. and they're going to be private blockchains galore all over the place, right? But I think that what they found was when it comes to money, when it comes to security, um, I think they found that having a private blockchain doesn't offer the security. They're still back to worrying about the same security risks yep. that they have to worry about with American Clearinghouse. American Clearinghouse doesn't work rapidly like Bitcoin does, mm -hmm. right? It's a process that takes days yeah, very depending long. on the amount. So I think they found, gosh darn it, 
by privatizing this thing and not having the security, we're back to the same old problem of how do we make sure that this is unhackable? How do we make sure this is completely secure from outside hackers or inside hackers? And I think they found that there isn't a way, there is no magic way yet unless you actually are willing to work with the Bitcoin blockchain. Yep. So I think they they spent a ton of money to just be baffled. And I think mm. that they could have brought me in and for, you know, I would have <laughs> consulted them and saved them 55 some million dollars. I would have done it for a million. Yeah, I would have done it for half of that. So if they were listening, yeah. he'll do it for a million. I'll do it for 500,000. Oh, man. Listen, if Landon <laughs> says he'll do it for 500K, I'll do it for 250K, man. <laughs> Landon? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I can't go any lower than 500. Oh, man. Okay, well. I'll let you have it, man. I'll let you take it. I'll, I'll bow out of this one. Guys, if you're listening, Blythe, if you're listening, Landon uh, will be taking you out to dinner instead of me. <laughs> but you know what's amazing is, um, you know, large banks and uh, large organizations are creating departments just for studying Bitcoin. I know, mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are familiar with Deloitte, you know, being part yeah. of the big four. They have a department just for Bitcoin. So mm -hmm. I think that, you know, people are accepting, more accepting, I should say, of the blockchain um, mm -hmm. that Bitcoin has because, you know, they wouldn't be going out and getting these departments just to study Bitcoin. So, you know, in the next few years, you know, hopefully, you know, these these companies and organizations can adopt, you know, the Bitcoin blockchain. I know that the uh, twins are actually working on an ETF. That's I don't right. know if you saw that. Oh, and... yeah. I probably read that same article and, <laughs> yeah. and, and the reasons for that. So, yeah, if the SEC accepts the Bitcoin ETF yes. that the Winklevoss twins have been working on suggesting for a number of years now, if they accept it and things go horribly wrong, mm -hmm. they stand to lose their jobs. Yeah. Right. But if they don't accept it, they really have nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. Right. Bitcoin could go on and do really, really well. And there's the chance that later on they can accept it. But in not accepting it this time, they're playing the safe card. And if I were in their situation, well, knowing what I know about Bitcoin, I would definitely accept it. Yeah. Right. But if I were in their position where they're entrenched in a paradigm where they all kind of think the same way, mm -hmm. if I were entrenched in that, I would probably not accept the ETF at this time. Mm -hmm. You know, there are some people, uh, there's a guy here in town, very intelligent guy, uh, well into tech, and I value his opinion. Uh, quite a bit. I'm not going to say who it is, but he believes that Bitcoin this year in 2017 will hit $10,000 per Bitcoin. Oh, wow. I put Bitcoin at around 3000 this year, that it'll hit 3000 I don't think it'll be a problem to hit that with or without the ETF. But then, you know, there are people that say, look, this is going to be the reserve currency of all digital currencies. Uh, it's a base level protocol that is going to be stacked upon just like TCP IP has been stacked upon. Mm -hmm. In fact, it has some characteristics in terms of watching its growth, some of the similar characteristics to TCP IP, and you can find articles about that online. But I think that people who say that a single Bitcoin uh, could be one day worth a million dollars. I don't think that's that crazy when you consider the fact that there will only ever be 21 million of them. And I think that will end sometime around 2040, I mm -hmm. believe, or something like that. But, you know, with that in mind, it really comes down to how many people would need or would want to use Bitcoin. And if it's, let's just say it's 21 million people, well, 
not each one of them is going to have a single Bitcoin, right? Let's say it all of a sudden becomes, you know, 500 million people. Mm -hmm. What if it becomes a billion people? Well, you're going to have to divide the number of Bitcoins that are in existence. You're going to have to be subdividing those into all of the different parts so that everybody can have a little bit of Bitcoin. I probably phrased all of that poorly, but basically the concept of supply and demand, right? Yeah. And I think everybody should check out our Bitcoin ATMs. You know, I think every human is almost programmed and wired to believe that a machine will give them money. It's like a ATM. When you go to a banking ATM, you know, you don't know that you'll necessarily receive the money, but we're programmed and wired to believe that, you know, we're going to get our money after we put our debit card in. Mm -hmm. And that's how it is with the ATMs. It essentially eliminates that risk online that, you know, if you're going through a seller and you're saying, hmm, I don't know, is am I really going to receive it? You go to our ATM, all you have to do is scan your QR code, insert the cash, and then that Bitcoin is instantly in your wallet. Mm -hmm. Like I mentioned, we're in Georgia, Florida. Texas, Alabama, and Massachusetts. And we're looking for locations all throughout the United States, whether that be in one of the states that we're already currently located in or in any state that we're not located in. And we're accepting any location, like I mentioned, good hours. And if anybody has any references, you can email me at Landon at Bitcoin Depot. Again, that's Landon at Bitcoin Depot.com. Shoot me an email with the location, the hours, the address, and each location that you can get us in contact with the owner will pay you $300. So it should be very simple, and it's a lot of cash going into y'all's pocket. Man, I love incentive programs. So, Landon, do you know how many other Bitcoin manufacturers or vendors there are in the United States? Are there a ton of them? I don't expect you to know a number, but are there more than, you know, a dozen, let's say? Uh, yeah, absolutely. There's definitely over a dozen. Uh, if you go to Coin ATM Radar, you can see all of the operators. You'll also okay. see that we are the second largest Bitcoin ATM company in the United States. Oh, nice. Um, I think there's probably under 30. Um, it's hard to put a number on it just because there is that one company that might have one ATM here and then one company over there that has one ATM there. And they might not be even be on Coin, coin ATM radar. Right. So um, they might be know, off the radar, right? Yeah, there's, uh, there's not. A, it's hard to put, you know, a hard number on it, but, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's uh, definitely a niche market that we're looking to take over. Yeah. Nice. What do you think? Do you think that there are a thousand Bitcoin ATMs in the United States right now? No, no. Um, yeah. I, Maybe I half of that. Ooh. Um, I know that's tough. Yeah. I think once you start getting down to anywhere between 500 and 300, I think mm -hmm. it's kind of a gray area. It's hard to put a number on it, but I don't see it being less than 300 and I don't see it being above 500. Um, I see. Well, you so, know, and it could be even less than that and it could be right. more than that. That's so. right. Well, you know, this is all very exciting for me because for the very first time I heard about a Bitcoin ATM machine there in Austin, and I thought, gosh, that would be so cool to have a Bitcoin ATM here in Nashville. And now they're coming to Nashville. I'm so excited. I am going to rally the troops here with the Bitcoin meetup. We also have our Bit Lunch, our monthly Bit Lunch at Cinco de Mayo in Cummins Station, which is very close to downtown. Parking's easy right across the street or on the street. Um, 
Join us where we sit around and talk about Bitcoin and blockchain and distributed ledger technology and all things cryptocurrency related here at the dawn of the age of cryptocurrency. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Landon Thomas with Bitcoin Depot. And I believe before we go, Landon Thomas has one more thing he'd like to tell us. Yep. And if you could just go to BitcoinDepot.com, you can view all of our locations. And I'm sure we'll have a few locations popping up in Nashville soon. So you'll be able to check that out as well. That's right, listeners. You heard the man. Go to BitcoinDepot.com. Get involved. Check it out. And by the way, uh, Landon, I saw the website and I saw the photo of that Bitcoin ATM and it is sleek. I would put it in the category of elegant. Very nicely done, whoever designed that Mm -hmm. and uh, put that thing together. Uh, Landon, thank you so much for being on Bitcoins and Gravy today. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to stop by and uh, good luck on your journey. Hopefully we'll be working together in the future. Yeah, hopefully, John. It was a pleasure being here. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, thank you, man. Talk to you soon. Uh Uh-huh, bye. Now climb aboard, y'all. This train is bound for glory. And there's plenty of room for all. Well, Satoshi Nakamoto, that's a name I love to say. And we don't know much about him, but he came to save the day. When he wrote about the way things are and the way things are to be, he gave us all a protocol this world had never seen. Oh, Bitcoin, as you're going into the old blockchain. Oh, Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain. Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name. told about the death of old Mount Gox, about traders trading altar coins and miners mining blocks. But them good old boys back in Illinois and on down through Tennessee, see they don't care to be a millionaire, they're just wanting to be free. Oh Bitcoin, as you're going into the old blockchain, oh Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain, till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name. A promise to deliver us from age-old tyranny Oh, Bitcoin, as you're going into the old blockchain Oh, Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your Give me some exposure Everybody knows your name, sing it Oh, Lord, pass me some more Oh, Lord, before I have to go.
Y'all be good to each other out there, you hear? I'd like to thank my guest on today's show, Landon Thomas, the Vice President of Bitcoin Depot. Landon, thanks for your footwork and hard work generally as you move around the country bringing Bitcoin ATMs to the people. Keep on keeping on, brother. And for an easy way to purchase Bitcoins, remember to visit cashtocrypto.com. That's cashtocrypto.com. And an extra special thanks to our sponsor, Moonshine Cowboy Boot Wax, the original all-natural, non-toxic boot wax with a scent of orange. The Nashville Wax Company is now offering Moonshine Miracle Residue Remover for removing stubborn, sticky stuff. That's right, it's like goo gone, but without the toxic petroleum-based chemicals. All Moonshine products are 100% natural and are available at 15 different fine retail outlets in the Nashville area, including the Country Music Hall of Fame store in the elegant Omni Hotel. To order a tin of Moonshine Boot Wax or a 4-ounce bottle of Moonshine Miracle Residue Remover, stay where you are. That's right, without even getting up out of your chair. Just go to moonshinebootwax.com. Use your credit card, your debit card, or better yet, pay the modern way with Bitcoin. That's right, Bitcoin, the modern way to pay at moonshinebootwax.com. And finally, I'd like to thank my loyal listeners, that's you, for tuning in and for giving me such great feedback about the show. Your comments in the show notes are always greatly appreciated, as are the tips that you send to my Bitcoin wallet. I'm a hardworking guy with two jobs and without a lot of money, so every little bit counts. Even a 50 cent tip sent to my wallet goes a long way to making me feel that doing this podcast on a volunteer basis is worth it. It also helps keep the lights on and coffee in the kettle. Signing off now from Nashville, Tennessee, the Bitcoin blockchain epicenter of the South, I'm John Barrett, the host of Bitcoins and Gravy, here each week with my trusty dog, Maxwell, right by my side. Say goodbye, Maxwell. (laughs) Until next week, friends, remember that the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men and women to do nothing. Do something, y'all, and be proud of it. We have front row seats in the development of a historic technology that is doing things that have never been done before. And every day that goes by, I just feel amazed at at having this opportunity to be frontline observer and sometimes influencer in what is turning out to be perhaps a historic generational worldwide impactful disruptive change in technology, one that will create history. And that is an amazing feeling. I know that it may sound absurd, but I have for you a magic word. And today's magic word is ATM. That's right, A-T-M, as in the sentence. I am thrilled that Bitcoin Depot is bringing Bitcoin ATMs to Nashville and surrounding areas. For a fast and easy way to purchase Bitcoins, look for a Bitcoin Depot ATM near you. Whoa, 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 whoa